All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to another episode of We Create Music TV. Man, this is our time when we interview guests from all walks of music life. And man, today we have an extraordinary guest. We have the CEO and co-founder of Atai Records, Angela Benson. Welcome to the show. Yes, yes. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, how are you guys? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm sure for those who are watching, I'm, I hope they're good too. But yes, yes. Thank so, Angela, it's, it's a pleasure having you on the show uh, today. Thank and so, you for having me. Yeah, I hope, you know, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. And I hope I pronounced the, the name of the record label correctly. You know, I meant <laughs> to ask Vita. you that even before. I was it's like, Vita Records, but Vita it's Records. okay. So many people I, do I like that, you know. so it's fine. Like, you know, I, I, I'm going to mess it up. I already know it. It's okay. I didn't ask before. <laughs> it, when I look at it, it's like, so Vita. All right, so look, there yes. we go. So Vita Records, y'all. So once again, Angela Benson. All right, so we're going to jump right into it. So if you can just talk okay, about how, how'd you get started? How'd you get into this whole music thing? So my story is kind of funny because I don't have a professional background in music, nor do I have a degree in music. Um, I actually went to Loyola University for psychology and pre-law. And then um, I ended up getting married to, most of you guys know him as Matt B. And um, from there, I went back to school for my post-baccalaureate for pre-med. So I was going to go to med school and become a doctor. Oh. And then along the way, um, Matt started to bubble in his music career. And he ended up getting a deal offer from Japan from a label called Starbase. And from there, that was when things started getting a bit more serious with his career. And he asked me what were my thoughts about starting a record label. And I mm. told him I thought it was a great idea. And it would be a cool way to kind of like um, dive into the industry from a different perspective, as well as um, a better way to structure our deals. So that way, Matt isn't the one um signing directly to labels and we could go through the label to do all of our deals so mm -hmm. um i thought it was a great idea so we founded beta records in 2014 in october and um shortly after that that was when matt's album love and war came out in japan mm -hmm. and when it came out um the album went number one overnight and it was super amazing and that was when we were like okay we might actually have something here <laughs> right so, <laughs> so then from there um i continued to do my post-baccalaureate and went up to a point where um i only had maybe like one class left and i was waiting to take the mcat and all that stuff so i was studying stacks and stacks of med school books trying to prepare and then in the midst of doing all of that, we were flying back and forth to L.A., meeting with um, the producer we were working with at the time, Donnie Scantz. Shout out to him. And um, then from there, when we were in L.A., things were like really starting to pick up steam a lot. And Matt mm. was like, what, if, what would your thoughts be if we like just went balls deep and just went for it without having to worry about school and everything else. And I was like, I mean, it's a little scary, but um, <laughs> I'm down for the ride. Let's do it. So um, I already had my degree, my bachelor's degree. So going to med school was just kind of like 
another facet of what I thought I wanted to do, but I always wanted to explore the realm of entrepreneurship. So this really like appealed to me. So that was when, um, that was 2016 when that happened. And then from there, I dove straight in to being Matt's manager and taking over Vita Records full time. And uh, I guess the rest, as they say, is history. Wow. Wow, that's that is a, a, a that's one journey right there, right? Wow. I know. So wow. it's not I mean, like the typical story where people no. be like, "Oh, I went to school for it," mm-hmm. or "Oh, I went to a business school or marketing school." That was not me. Um, I was very much thrown into it and had to learn how to navigate the business by making mm. a lot of mistakes and just reaching out to people and doing a lot of outreach on Matt's behalf and sitting with him and identifying like his goals that was like Mm -hmm. the main thing that kind of like got me started was okay Matt you've already had your two number one albums in Japan what are your goals now like how do we branch this over into the U.S. and how do you want to go about doing it and from there that was when he was like I want to work with um a producer that has specifically because he's a big Usher fan he wanted to specifically work with someone who had worked with Usher and he wanted to do an EP with that person, and he wanted to be able to put that EP out ideally on um, a major label here. Mm. So I literally, kid you not, because this was my first time ever doing something like this, I made a list from Google searching producers who have worked with Usher. (laughs) (laughs) And I made a list of all the producers that had worked with Usher, and among them were Donnie Scantz and Brian Michael Cox and all of these other names and Mm -hmm. I reached out to a plethora of them but the only person who hit me back was Donnie and so Donnie I applaud him because he was one of the only people who gave us a chance out the gate in the American market and he really helped to like give us those foundational starting steps Mm -hmm. here in the States so he was a big part of our journey in the beginning so wow Shout Donnie, out to Donnie. He's the best. Shout out to Donnie. You know, I, I love I love that story. I love the fact that uh, there were a lot of things that you had to learn uh, to really, you know, gear yourself up for what was happening with, with Matt. But yeah. I really just find it so crazy that how I'm gonna put it. Look, you know, you know me. We we've had conversations before. So <laughs> look, it's just it's so crazy how it's just so closed off. You know, it's like Matt's super talented, right? And he's he's now doing things in the states, and it's like cool. You you know you know you're a producer. Let's get to work. But the only person who it's like none of them replied back except for one. Like I don't I don't get it. That's just I understand probably why, but I don't know. I don't I don't get that. But so the American market is a lot. It's very funny honestly and the industry in general is funny like that too but I feel like I don't think it was something personal per se I don't think that it was them like I'm not responding to that I think it was more so like people in the industry nowadays especially like the bigger producers are reached out to so much that it can be overwhelming to receive Mm -hmm. like a plethora of different dms from different artists that are like yo check out my music yo (laughs) i got an ep blah blah Mm -hmm. blah and then like so my approach was i first tried dming and then i've tried to find emails but you know like 
one of the big PR rules is cold emailing is not necessarily the best thing. But I didn't know that at the time, so I was doing it anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel, again, I feel like a lot of people didn't respond because they may not have ever even seen my email. They might Mm. not have even opened my DMs because also keep in mind, I was doing this on Instagram. And this was before. I think this was right when Instagram started, like, you know how they section out um, mm-hmm. the message section where now people who don't follow you and you don't follow them go to the request folder. Mm-hmm. And that was a super new feature back then. So people were literally missing a lot of DMs. And I didn't oh, realize sure. that that was what was happening. And I think back then it might have been exclusively for verified profiles. But Matt wasn't mm. verified and neither was I. So RDMs could have just been getting completely lost in the shuffle. So it's weird and it sucks, especially mm. as an independent mm-hmm. when you're trying to like make those foundational steps. But my biggest mantra is like never give up and right. never stop trying because the only shots you miss are the shots you don't take. That's right. So. For me, it wasn't really about trying to get a million different producers to work with Matt. It was trying to find someone who believed in the vision that he had Mm. for himself and the vision that I saw for him as he translated from the Japan market to the U.S. market and trying to find that quality production that you see with all of the different artists in his genre in the American market. Wow. You know, I'll go back. I wonder if that's with my... My DMs are going. Hmm. <laughs> like, Man, check, check that request folder. You never wanna, know. Might be some heat in there. <laughs> I wonder if that's where it's going. No, I'm talking about I wonder why it's going. Ain't nobody replying back. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, so so for you, you, I mean, you started on a completely different different path. You were on your way to being a physician. Yeah, and I wanted to be a general practitioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, so, so being a GP, right, you have... Uh, uh, a direction that you're going to go in and all of a sudden you find yourself shifting and going to a completely different different a direction completely different world <laughs> right completely it's not like oh you know i got started in church and then boom now i'm in i'm in music well, i went to school for music and boom now i'm in music it's like i'm right. going to be a gp and now i'm the ceo and founder of a of, of vita records yes right and it's like yes. you know like how do you how do you do that right like that's so, so let me ask you, so what was the motivation behind starting Vita Records? So um, one of the biggest things was Matt and I really just wanted to have more control over not only his career, but our intellectual property and how we structured our deals. So it was really important to have our own entity that was our stuff that we could believe in and invest our dollars and our time into. And then in addition to that, something that was really important to me was there so the industry the music industry is predominantly male and in particularly white males so I never really got to see a whole lot of black female record label executives Mm. people who look like me or Mm -hmm. things of that nature so it was really important for me like as I was in the foundational stages of Vita and really figuring out what I wanted my role to be Initially, I was like, I don't know if I want to be the CEO. Like, that's a big responsibility. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm just coming off of the wave of school and trying to go to med school. Like, maybe I should take this one step at a time. And then as I thought about it 
and how powerful that would be to have a black female CEO of an independent record label. For mm -hmm. me, it was like at that point, I was like, this isn't it's bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's not just about the music. It's not just about the the label. It was about creating that representation that I want to see and the representation mm. that I feel is lacking in the industry. And, you know, it sounds cliche, but you got to be the change that you want to see. So for me, that was one of the big things that made me say, you know what, let's let's do this. And it wasn't just about let's do this, let's start the label. It was about me coming into my own and starting the position of being the CEO and co-founder and artist manager and all of the other hats that I wear. But being mm. a black female CEO is something that I take a lot of pride in because I know that I am not the only black female who wants to have a position of power on either a record label or mm -hmm. even a marketing agency or a PR agency or things of that nature. Like we all start off with a mustard seed of faith and a little dream that we think in the back of our heads that's like maybe I could do this maybe one day but it might be too big maybe I'm thinking too big but sometimes it takes seeing someone that looks like you and has a similar background to really make you step back and think like whoa I could really do this that's right and for me like that was what really inspired me and I hope that any viewer who's watching this right now who resonates with me and where I come from and who I am and what I look like. I hope that my story and my journey inspires you. You know, that's... <laughs> that's you know, that is completely awesome. That is completely awesome. I mean, but you're right. There are not a lot of, and I don't know that many, and I know a lot of people, and I don't know that many black women in the position of ownership within the music market. I, I don't, yeah. I mean, it's like you said, the major record labels are ran by old white men and yep. they, I, yeah, I don't see that. I mean, I don't see that. I mean, you yeah. got people like, I mean, when you, when you, black women, not a lot. Black men, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, we got the Andre Harrells and the P. Diddy's and yeah. you know, the face and all those, but mm -hmm. You're Not, more likely to see a black man in a position yep. of power before you'd see a black woman. Yep. And I think it's really a shame because I, yeah, it is. are just as capable of leading and coming up with great ideas and strategies. That's right. And I feel like evening that playing field a bit to give us a shot is is fair and is what's needed. Like there's there's so much that women have to offer, especially black women and in Women's History Month. I feel like it's time for me to use my voice and do right. that change and speak up for us because it, it's so important to do. And I'm mm -hmm. happy to have this position and this platform. And hopefully as I continue to grow in my journey, I'm able to grow and scale Vita Records to a point where I can employ more black women and more women of color. And that's mm. like a big vision for mine. Like one thing I really would love to see is Vita Records grow to like be like this enterprise like how rock nation is shout out to awesome him for his brilliant mind he inspires me so much and i would just love to grow our label to a point where we can offer those amazing 
opportunities to our people mm-hmm. and give back to the community in various different ways because again it's bigger than music it's not just about the right. songs like the song is the start and like one thing that um, Matt's mentor shout out Rhymefest said to us a long time ago hey, one of the things that is so important to remember about music and creating music is that your song is like your calling card like think about your song is like your commercial but what are you selling and then once you get to the point of what you're selling what are you going to do with that platform like how are you going to make it bigger than just the song and just the music because having a hit record is great like everyone's when you're an aspiring musician you want that hit record you want that exposure but with that comes opportunities and it comes a platform and what are you going to do with that platform Mm -hmm. so i always like to think about music and songs as like making a really quality commercial then after you make that commercial and you attract your audience and people are like wow this is an amazing product who's behind this product and then they look and they're like oh that's matt b well what is matt b selling matt b is selling xyz what Mm -hmm. is uh the weekend selling or cardi b or whatever and like all of these artists that i've named have very strong brands but they're using their brands and their platform to a greater extent that surpasses music Mm. and that's something that like is so important to me and it's it's something that i tried my best to um exude in my work and something that i try to give as advice to independents and people who are just starting out and people who may even be established and never really thought about it in their journey so man y'all hear this (laughs) y'all watching y'all hear this like this is this dropping gems I told y'all, I told y'all tonight we was going to be dropping. <laughs> yeah. We was going to, hey, we was going to get into it. I gave y'all a fair warning. I let y'all know. I let y'all know. <laughs> I let y'all know. Wow. I mean, but, but when you, when you listen, this, this is the, the, one of the future industry moguls of, of, of music. So y'all need to tap in and tune in oh, to what's, what's happening, what's, what's happening. Thank like you. y'all need to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, I've been watching y'all. You already know that. You know, I've been watching what y'all been doing and they're killing it. Y'all Love killing you. it. Y'all killing it. I love y'all too. Y'all killing it. And so Thank any you. artist that's out there watching, any indie label that's looking to kind of start their own, y'all need to take take note. Take note what's happening. You know, in the next year or two, two, three years, you're going to see Vita Records. Boom. Y'all can be like, oh, hey, I should have tapped in in the beginning. Got to pave your own path, especially like in this industry. And one mm-hmm. thing that is super important to me and Matt is like, we, you here know a lot as an artist Mm -hmm. and as an executive, as an artist manager, like typically, especially in the American market, a lot of people don't want to give you your first chance. So typically what you're gonna have to do is just do what I did, which is, okay, well, you don't wanna sign my artist, it's cool, I'll just start my own label. Okay, well, you don't want to give us beats, cool. We'll find ways to produce it on our own. Okay, so you don't wanna write, cool. That'll just learn how to become a songwriter. And that's how, like, we just have always operated. When people mm-hmm. tell us no, we just find our own path. And, like, mm-hmm. the same goes with our label. Like, like I said, no one wanted to give Matt a chance. So we just created our own platform. And 
same with the podcast. Like we have a podcast out beyond the music. Y'all should go check it out if you have not. Should go and, check it out. Um, with our podcast, we were like, we want to be able to have a platform that we can consistently use to not only expose our brand, but to also like lift other people up and drop mm-hmm. these gems and be able to like give back to the music community in a way that's not just giving music. And the best way to do that wasn't finding a whole bunch of different platforms and blogs that other people own. It was creating our own. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the industry, you just always have to be searching for what's the best route for you and never expect any handout. No one's going to give you anything. So if you think that signing with a record label or getting um, the biggest artist manager out there in the world to manage you, if you think that that's going to be your big break, I'm sorry to break it to you. It probably 99.9% of the chance is that it will not be. You're going to have to put in the work and you're going to have to buckle down, make a plan and do it yourself. And there are so many resources available. YouTube is one, a huge resource. There are so many books, there's podcasts, there's, there's so much stuff. There's no excuse anymore to not know how to navigate the business as an Mm -hmm. independent artist. And like social media is such a great tool that like, especially last year for me, like I had to, we had to lay off a lot of our workers at Vita Records with our small team that we already had. So in doing that, it caused me to have to learn how to do a lot more things that I, than I was comfortable with doing initially, such as but not limited to marketing. I'm no marketing guru. If I was, I'd probably have a PR agency, but I know a thing or two about researching. Mm-hmm. So I found different books and took a slew of different classes online and I was able to learn enough in order to create a marketing plan for Matt's album and create a marketing plan for his social media. And like, I didn't, those ideas didn't just come to me. Like Mm. I'm, I'm not just this genius who just knows what to do, but (laughs) like you have to go seek that knowledge. If you Mm want to, if you want to do something, you have to be driven and you have to be a go-getter and you have to be the person who's going to wake up and work for you no one else is going to work for you for you so you have to be able to realize you get up every day and you grind for yourself not for waiting for somebody else you're not grinding for whatever you're doing it for you and to build your brand and if you keep in mind that you have to create those goals for yourself then you'll be a lot better off than waiting for some label to come out of nowhere and be Mm -hmm. like, hey, sign me. Come and swoop you up. Mm. Yep, because it never (laughs) even happens that way. Doesn't happen that way. (laughs) Does not happen that way. Yeah, and I I think most most people kind of consider that, hey, I'm putting out music. It's going to get the Mm -hmm. attention of of an A&R at a record label. They're going to come in. They'll see me at a show and be like, hey, we want to sign you. And that's not kind of how, and yeah, I mean, in some instances it may happen that way, but the majority, it, it doesn't happen that way. And then, you, you no, see, go ahead. The, the problem with that is that people think that labels will literally just be like, wow, he's so dope. She's so mm-hmm. dope. Let's sign her. But it's a whole different industry now. It's not as simple as just being dope. You have to be 
we talk about this on our podcast, a multifaceted artist. And you can't just be a good singer. It's not good enough. You have to be a personality. You have to be a brand. What about you is likable? How can mm-hmm. you relate to people? What? Why should people spend $10 on your album? Why should, why should they say, hmm, money is tough this month, but I'm going to still put aside $10 to buy this vinyl or buy this album or buy a couple of merch items like what about you makes people want to invest and people think that if they're just dope that they'll get signed to a label and it's just not that way labels are looking for artists who are way more established now Mm -hmm. than ever artists and this is a conversation for another day because I could go on and on. But <laughs> artist development is right. not, it's its like almost non-existent. It's pretty and much non-existent. Labels, labels do not invest the time and effort and money into developing artists. They expect you to do that yourself. That's right. And the only way that you're going to do that is, again, not sitting around on your butt at home and getting up and doing the work. And if a label so decides to see you if you accrue a certain number of following of engaged fans and you're getting that support at your shows and you're selling out venues and your streaming numbers are good, maybe a label will come around and say, hey, we'll offer you this deal. But depending on where you are in your career, mm-hmm. it could be a shit deal. Do you got that right? Are you so good? It's like, it's like if you think that a label is just going to come in and solve all your problems, like, we have to unbrainwash our thinking of that, especially today, because it's just it's right. not that labels are out here to make their money. They want to be able to make a quick turnaround because the the industry is so fast paced now, like you're churning and burning these songs like left and right. And they don't have time to develop an artist. They don't have time to take that chance. So the only thing that is keeping them afloat is the next hit. And then after that next hit is the hit after that. So if you're not already established and you have a big fan base, labels are just not going to waste their time because their time is money. And I mean, if you worked at a label and you were the label head, you probably think the same way, (laughs) unfortunately, but it is what it is. So like, I, I'm not one to chase deals. I'm not one to chase people. I don't have time for that. So Mm -hmm. I choose to pave my own path and do things the way that I feel is best and do it my way. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm after after we're done here here tonight, I'm going to go find me one of these uh, sound effects, like a gym sound effect. (laughs) And then start using that when people drop mad gems, just. It's okay, like, bling, so bling, bling, bling. You you heard it here first. He didn't have the gym dropping sound. Today, I didn't. But if you hear it, just you know, know why that it was because of me. That's right. Hey, it, 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 I'm gonna <laughs> name it too. The Angela Gym Drop, right hey. here, right here on this my little button. <laughs> Bloop. That's exactly what I'm gonna call it. Make sure look, look before I before I hit the wrong button over here. Let me not even point to my little right. You know, stream deck that I got going on over here. But I hit something and then. Yeah, I don't want to do all no, that. No, and then the whole but, time, don't do that. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. You know, so, wow, I mean, you talked about a lot of stuff that's that's in there that hopefully people who are watching and those people who are going to be watching in the future 
will, you know, get out their notepad and start writing and jotting notes down. You know, yeah. she gave you, she, she's giving you part of the blueprint, part of the things that you need, you know, establishing smart goals, understanding what your vision and your plan is and looking at what your mission is, looking at how to execute and implement appropriately. Most people don't know how to do that. You know, you talk about you got to have the drive, the gumption, you know, the, the, the ability to stick with something in order to achieve. And a lot of people don't have that. A lot. Of, I mean, we live in a microwave society where we want stuff Man. like today. I want stuff today. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I put out an album. I want to be signed tomorrow. Like, let's mm -hmm. go. And we don't understand that there's work that needs to be done. We got to put hours into our craft, yes. our brand. You know, a brand isn't generated over overnight. I mean, it takes work to be able to truly develop that brand and recognize what a true brand is and how to identify, you know, how to really create that brand identity. Like you, yeah. I, I did all my research through, you know, YouTube University. And there's a lot of things, that, there's a lot of things out there that people can take advantage of. You talked about doing free courses. You know, Berkeley College of Music offers free courses online. Coursera offers free courses. I mean, there's so many different things that people can do, so many different websites and blogs and podcasts. And, and I'm glad you talked about Behind the Music podcast because that was you know, on my list, right? Questions to, <laughs> to talk about. But even in that, I mean, we had the conversation on, um, what's it called? Clubhouse. Clubhouse, yeah. <laughs> I, had mm -hmm. I had to think about what yep. it's called for a moment. I haven't been on it in a minute. <laughs> on Clubhouse, that, where we had that conversation about artist development and really about record labels and should you sign with a record label versus signing with an indie label. So I want to ask you, so what are some of the major challenges that you face as an, as an owner uh, of an indie label? Uh, so what are some of, you, some of those major challenges that you faced uh, or that you still may be facing and how did you overcome or even deal with some of those? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I think that some of the challenges is dealing, the day-to-day -day is difficult as a small company because your team at this level is very small. So you wear a lot of hats. So just like artists have to be multifaceted when you're a label exec or an artist manager or whatever may have you at this stage, you really have to learn how to do almost everything. <laughs> and that can be, it can be really overwhelming. Like a lot of people are, are they get into this business and they say, okay, I wanna be an artist. I don't want to learn how to do audio. I don't want to learn how to do videography. I don't want to learn right. how to edit pictures and all mm -hmm. that other stuff. I want to just make music. That's what I want to do. So if I have to do something else, I should be able to hire someone. But like, that's not how it works unless you just falling out of control. Maybe you got it like that. Like maybe you could do that. But right. for the average person, especially someone who is working through the pandemic, may have lost their job or whatever, mm -hmm. like a lot of people, don't have the money and the resources to be able to just hire someone to do whatever the job is for them. So you just have to learn how to wear a lot of hats. And for me, that's kind of like where I am in my place. Like I am the CEO, but I also am an artist manager. But in doing those two jobs, I also have to do a plethora of other things like mm -hmm. I graphic design and I edit in Final Cut and I do marketing and all of these other things. But like, those weren't things that I necessarily signed up for, but you know, right. it kind of comes with the territory of being an independent label owner. Like you have to know how to do multiple things. And when you don't know how to do it, you have to know where to go to ask for help mm. and where to go to source what you're looking for. And like, 
um, again, like something that really helped me last year was not only reading books, but also taking online courses. And I'll give a shout out, shout out to Ari's Take Academy. It's a company that I actually work for now as a course creator. But prior to becoming a course creator, I took a lot of Ari's courses online. And that really opened up a lot of doors for me because not only was it a wealth of information, but it also allowed me to connect with other creatives, whether they were artists or PR people Mm. or um, other people who were artist managers. Like it allowed me to enter into a realm of other people trying to do the same thing. And sometimes you're, you know, they say your network is your net worth. And Mm -hmm. I was able to get a lot out of not only the course but the people that i met through taking the course and um ari does this really cool thing where in his course he has i believe their monthly um live q a's where you can take the course and then if you have questions you can ask questions to ari and the course instructor live and they'll answer them and that i find that to be really helpful so um if you haven't taken one of ari's classes ari's take academy they have a whole bunch of different courses that you can take and we're going to be coming out with some new courses that I'm helping to craft and I'm super excited about it and I can't speak on the topics just yet but they're <laughs> coming I've been working and, and bank of topics. it's going to be going to be really cool and again back on topic it's really important to know how to do multiple things and that's mm. one of the most challenging things being an independent label owner and just learning how to balance your time between like each of those tasks because again juggling being a ceo and an artist manager and then trying to figure out social media marketing and when's the right time to post and studying analytics yes. that can get very monotonous and very overwhelming yes. and if you're not careful you can find yourself like slipping just only focusing on one thing and then you have to like recenter and be like okay let me take a deep breath and figure out how to approach this thing so that you're not biting off more than you can chew you know what i'm saying so it's been it's been a challenge especially with covid but like the best thing is just trying to find ways to stay focused and stay motivated and taking those breaks and those woosahs um, mm-hmm. and organizing your calendar. I don't, if it's not on my calendar, it's not happening. I say that all the time to people. Like, if you want me to do something, put it on the it's calendar. On my calendar. It's not right. there. It is not My happening. wife is like that. She's the same so, way. Yeah. So like being, being a label owner or any, um, independent job in this career, like you have to just be super organized. Otherwise you will definitely get lost in the sauce. Yeah. Wow. You get lost in the sauce. So I do want to go back. I do want to go back. Right. So so talk about so talk about how did you get started with with Ari's uh, Ari's take as a course creator? How did that even come about? Like, did he just reach (laughs) out? Did you like, hey, you know, I develop courses. Like, how did that even happen? That's a good because that's great. That's great that that that's an opportunity that you've been asked to be a part of. So, yeah, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah. Um. It was really random, honestly, if I'm being honest. Ari is such a cool person, and I met him last year taking one of his courses, like I said, and um, we just kind of connected through um, me trying to find different marketing strategies and tactics for Matt's music as we navigated not only um, social media being inundated with crazy stories from COVID and then 
um, all of the stuff from the Black Lives Matter movement and then the crazy election that we had going on. So a lot of that was really stifling the mm. the um, the advertising space of social media. And so I took a bunch of his courses on marketing and then I took a couple courses on um, um, breaking into different international industries. And wow. that was really like where Ari and I kind of connected. And then I stayed in touch with his team. Um, and then from there, he reached out to me and thought that I'd be a really good fit for um, a course creator. And then he interviewed me. And then from there, we just kind of took off to the races. And it's just been such an enjoyable experience. I love him and everyone on the Ari's Take team. They're all they're so amazing. And I can't say enough nice things <laughs> about them. And the entire process, like why it was important for me to become a course creator was being again being in my position as a black woman in a an executive position i feel like it's my duty to not only offer opportunities but also take opportunities that can give back to the community that's like a huge thing for me and a lot of artists always reached out to me and asked like can you manage me can you help me i need this i need that and i don't know where to start and like again we have a very small team here so right now taking on artists is a little difficult. So I've been finding different ways to help the community and help give back to my music peers and artists who really might want to work with me, but um, don't have the financial capacity to do so. So mm -hmm. being a course creator really was a great way for me to like work with Ari and his team to like really outline all of the different facets of whatever those course topics may be. And then we were able to do it in such a way where once it actually comes out, the people will be able to see it and really consume it and learn something. Like, I don't want people to just take the course because I said to take the course or take the right. course because it's Ari. I want mm -hmm. you to take the courses because they're so full of great information and so full of knowledge and gems that like, when you take the courses, they're gonna really change high hope your career path for the better and that's really what i want i really want to find ways to help independents get on their feet and find their footing and get on the right path to success and if they don't have a path then i want to help them find a way to pave that path like, you know like that's <laughs> yeah. really important to me yeah and being a course creator allows me to like spread my wings and flex those muscles in a different way and formatting it into a way where students can always come back and like consume that material at their own pace because that's the cool thing about the courses you don't have to take them all at one time mm -hmm. you don't have to take them weekly you can literally get the course and take it whenever you're ready like if you want to take it right away you could if you want to wait a week cool but like obviously you should probably take it sooner rather than later because it right. can help your career yeah. But if you want to take it at a snail's pace, you're more than welcome to do so. And I think that that's like super cool. And then the community that comes with being a part of Ari's Take is just amazing. So, wow. um, yeah, that's how I pretty much got started with their team and why it's so important to me. Yeah, I mean, I, just talking to you and, and of course, talking to you previously, you have a heart and a passion for independent artists and seeing them really rise up into their own and take ownership of their own. And mm -hmm. you don't find many people like that. You don't find many, yeah. that's, that's rare. <laughs> that's rare that you find people like that. I mean, because many times in this show, I talk about 
how people have a scarcity mindset, right? And so we're all about, mm -hmm. oh, if you get some, then I can't get none. If you get this and I can't get it, you know, and, yeah. and it's, I'm finding out there are more people kind of like me, like yourself, who have that abundance mentality that says, you know what, there's enough out there for everybody. You know, so let's yeah. all get a piece of the pie. Let's help each other accomplish the goals that we that we have. But you got to have drive, determination and dedication in order to to do it. Right. I don't like wasting time where, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not committed to doing something, I don't want to waste my time doing it. If you're not super involved and super committed to doing that particular activity. Yeah. So. So, yeah. But yeah. You, yeah. You have a heart for. I can tell I'm, I'm listening to it and I can see it exudes that you have this heart for independent, uh, independent artists. Yes. I love working with independence because it's it, everyone starts the same way. Mm -hmm. these, these superstars that you see were not, there's a quote that Beyonce wasn't built in a day and she didn't start out Beyonce. She had to grow to that. She had to take the steps to become that. And, she put in the time and the work. She was once an artist on the grind, in the trenches, just like all of us are right mm -hmm. now. Like we're on the grind. We're trying to create these opportunities and pave these paths. And when somebody closes the door, cool, go to another door. Cool, they close that one. All right, now it's time to build my own damn door. Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm saying? Like never taking no for an answer because you never know where if you were to just keep going where it might lead you and right. it's so important for me to try to inspire independence to not give up so it's so overwhelming in the industry with how fast-paced it is and expensive in order to even go on to this career path and so many artists are very talented but they get stopped by mm -hmm. roadblocks like finances or like people saying your music sucks or oh, you you really just don't seem like you're cut out for this. And this is that grow thicker right. skin. And like, maybe that artist just needs more development. Maybe they mm -hmm. just need more time. Maybe they need instruction. Maybe they need mentorship. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, again, I didn't start knowing everything and I still don't know everything. Like, I'll always be learning. I have a hunger for knowledge and I mm -hmm. want to get better and I want to learn more from people who are like me people who are not like me because you can learn from anyone so I feel like with independence something that's so important to me is just inspiring them and helping them to realize that it's okay to stumble it's okay to make mistakes because really the most beautiful parts of your career happen in the mistakes I'm gonna say it again the most beautiful parts of your career happen when you make mistakes why is that that, that reason why that's so important is because when you make those mistakes, you're able to see where you need to improve. Because mm. if you only focus on your wins, like your wins is where you already did everything right. So that's cool. That's that over there. But when you make those mistakes, that's where the biggest lessons can be learned, where you can reassess. What did I do wrong? Was it thing that I could have improved on in the marketing aspect? Could I have approached the situation differently? Should I have hired an attorney to look at that paper before I signed it? Like, mm -hmm. you know, there are so many different ways to dissect a mistake when something bad happens or bad, I'll say, happens in your career because you the whole experience is a journey. It's a marathon, not a race. And it's not overnight. 
and overnight success takes 10 years to build. So you, you're constantly going to be learning on this journey and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly going to be told that you're not good enough and that's okay. You're constantly going to be in situations that you might not handle the best and you stumble a bit or fall flat on your face. That's also okay. It's happened to me plenty of times and I've gotten right back up and a little bruised, but, <laughs> but I was able to make it through, but you know, it's about, again, staying goal oriented and understanding that your, your job isn't to be perfect at it. Your job is to be able to make a successful career for yourself making money and success looks different for a lot of people people try to shame artists for saying like oh i'm a full-time musician and then they're like yeah but what's your job mm -hmm. and then they're like i'm a musician right but like what's your job like how do you make money and it's like that it, it, it minimizes the artists i feel because artists can definitely find more than one way to make money in the mm -hmm. independent stage by other than just like streaming and all of that stuff. And I feel like we have to start allowing independence to have that grace where it is a career, but it just takes time to, to start up like any startup company or yeah. anything in entrepreneurship. So like for me, like success as an artist or success as a label exec does not look like fame and fortune and mm -hmm. um the platinum plaques all over my wall while all of that stuff would be amazing that is not what defines me that's not what defines my career that's not what defines my success that's not that's not how i view it for me success is more like when i wake up in the morning and i feel happy doing what i do success mm -hmm. for me is knowing that i'm providing for my husband and my kids and my family and and doing something that I love like to me that is what's successful because I don't have to work a nine to five in order to make ends meet I can do my passion the thing that makes me have fire inside and doing that is is how I find my peace and how I find my success. So people people like to focus a lot on the fame aspect and like mm -hmm. not a lot of people in the industry, especially if you go into like the sync world or the songwriting world, a lot of them are very well off, but they're not famous and they're just fine. <laughs> oh, look, look they just fine too, right? You know, like honestly you probably don't really want to go fishing for fame especially if you don't have thick skin because the world is a very ferocious crazy place and mm -hmm. people can say some nasty things on the mm -hmm. internet and not everyone is your friend not everyone is obliged to like you and if you are waking up in the morning and you're doing what you love that should be a success enough especially if you're making money because that's that's the ultimate goal i feel is to be a musician and make money doing and creating mm -hmm. the music I, I, don't, I don't have a, a i don't have a gym thing yet so <laughs> i don't i don't have a gym we'll just call the, that the, the angela applause the angela applause for the moment <laughs> yeah i mean you're absolutely you're absolutely right the fact that people need to truly define what success looks like for them 
because a lot of times it's not fame, it's not fortune. It is waking up in the morning and being happy at what you do, being able to not go to a nine to five job, you know, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. uh, it's taking care of the family. You don't have, you know, making sure I don't have any bills, you know, and, and being able to go out to eat with my family when I want to, or I don't think a lot of people, when they say, oh, I really want to be famous, really know what they're going to get themselves into. I don't know if they you really know, know what, what that looks like. You know, mm -hmm. you can kind of, you can kind of look at, you know, the lives of other famous artists today and kind of go, do I really want that? You know what I'm saying? A lot do I really of people want don't think that? About that? Right. They, they don't. People, people, honestly, and, and I feel like this is a lot more common with the viral sensations. Like mm -hmm. people will, I say, become famous on accident because they'll just uh, upload something online and then just think nothing of it. They just uploaded it just to be funny or just because they thought it was cool or whatever. And then all of a sudden it goes viral and now they're this famous person. And then... At first, it's cool. Like, wow, look at all the mm -hmm. views. Look at all the comments. Look at all the likes. People DMing me. I got a verified profile. We lit. I got then the blue check. Sudden, <laughs> then all of a sudden, the tabloids come. And mm -hmm. then the rumors come. And then people who don't like you, you start seeing those people. And then you're like, wait, mm -hmm. like, why did they say that? Why would they write that about me? Like, right. I never even said that. And now, now it's not so cute. So... You, you have to see both sides of the coin. It's a dual-edged sword. On the one mm -hmm. side, yes, fame is cool because you get invited to all the parties and all the cool events and you get to sit backstage at parties or at concerts and things like that. And, like, it's cool. You feel exclusive and all that great stuff. On the other side of the coin, you have to deal with the keyboard warriors on Twitter and on mm -hmm. Instagram. And that can be mentally taxing, especially like seeing your name written on blog after blog, tweet after tweet with people bashing you for something mm -hmm. that you might not have even done. Or maybe something that you did with good intentions, but it's they're misconstruing your words and your statements into making you feel less than. And mm -hmm. for people who are really like mentally incapable of processing that stuff in a finite amount of time especially with the industry being so go 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 mm -hmm. like it can be way too much and then that's when you start seeing the stories of people saying i can't take this anymore or people right. going into rehab or suddenly disappearing off social media mm -hmm. because they deleted their account and then they come back and they're like oh i had to take a break from social media for six months because it was mm -hmm. just too much and my mental wasn't in place and like people have to understand what comes with the fame that you think right. you might want and it's not just nice cars and nice dinners and people knowing who you are that's like one teeny tiny facet of it but like the other side is what the majority of it is about and it's not mm -hmm. always pleasant so yeah you you gotta do for all as, aspiring artists musicians producers songwriters whatever you gotta understand it, what the other side is and do you really want that dmx mm -hmm. said it best dmx said it best when he did that uh what was it, the thing that he did the um it don't even come on anymore that's why i can't even think of it uh, the deaf uh the deaf comedy jam thing mm -hmm. when he gave his whole rap speech about this industry is, is designed to eat people up. It's designed to chew yeah. people out. If you ain't really got it, you're not gonna make it. People said they want it, but 
they don't know what they really want. Like Google that, find it on YouTube, whoever's watching. DMX laid it out perfectly on that Def Comedy Jam thing. Like, you think you want it? Yeah. I don't want it. I just want to be good. I want to be comfortable. I want to wake up yes. and not have a boss. I want to be the boss, right? And we kind of talked about this yes. before. I, I want to be the boss. I don't want mm -hmm. to have to answer to somebody else or let that other person dictate what I can and can't do or be in control of my paycheck. One day I can have a paycheck, the next day I can't. Like, yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, I know this is my situation today, right? <laughs> but that ain't how I wanted to be forever. But uh, right. Yeah, that's, and that's that's true. So, man, I still got a lot of things I want to ask you. Like, there's a lot of interesting <laughs> things that, that you are doing that I think people can be interested in. Like I said, it speaks to your heart and it speaks to your passion for, for independent music creators. So I know that you had an opportunity to serve as a committee member for the Chicago, I'm going to say it's the Chicago D case. Yep. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe pronounce DCAS. I'm not good with pronouncing stuff. You had it okay, right. So. Good. All right, good. Yes. Give myself claps. <laughs> Uh, you know, so talk, how, how did that come about? How did that whole Chicago D case opportunity come about? So again, I'm very much interested in anything that allows me to get involved and give back. I'm that person who, if you were taking a class and they're like, who wants to help? I'm that person in the back that's like me. <laughs> so I, I, I got the opportunity to attend this D case event and they were looking for people who were going to be a part of what is now the year of Chicago music. At least that was what it was supposed to be last year before COVID came and ruined everything. So last year was supposed to be the year of Chicago music and they were looking for people who were interested in serving on different committees in hopes of making the year of Chicago music a great and memorable one. And Matt and I um, were super interested in the opportunity. So I reached out to a couple of my contacts over at DCase and tried to see what positions they had available. And they gave a different array of options. And I really resonated with the festivals and special events committee. So that was the one that I signed up for. And of course I drug Matt along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so he came with me on this journey and we, we didn't really get to do a whole bunch of stuff because, again, COVID kind of mm -hmm. ruined everything. But we had a whole lot of different things that we were planning, like different festivals and how to get independents more involved and all mm. of these other things. And it was super important, like at those meetings where we were talking about structures of things where I was really harping on, like, how can we bring the local music scene into it more and not just focus right. on the artists that we have from Chicago that are already right. famous or genres that tend to be overlooked. Like for me, I feel like people don't pay enough attention to R&B. They and don't. I feel I'm like mad about that. Be, yes. And like, I feel like it would be awesome yes. to have more events that cater to R&B, especially from Chicago. Like we have such a rich culture and I feel like we're we're only focusing on like the rap aspect and mm -hmm. that's no shade towards rap. I think that our hip hop scene is crazy. However, we have a super dope R&B scene that kind of is living in the underground right now mm. because we're not focused on it for whatever reason. So it's super important to me to bring those things up in those in these conversations and be that person in the room who's going to mm -hmm. be like, all of that is cool and all, but like, what are we going to do about 
independent artists? What are we going to do right. about the genres that get overlooked? What are we going to do about X, Y, Z? Like that, that kind of was like where we were starting and trying to formulate different ideas and throwing different things around. So the good news is um, the year of Chicago music is still on. We're supposed to be meeting again um, in the next few weeks, hopefully. Um, and everything's going to be digitally on Zoom. So um, fingers crossed that COVID won't ruin 2021. But no, we'll just have to I see. Hope not. <laughs> I got to. I got. I got stuff that needs to be done. Like, come on, COVID. Man, just, I got just places to go. Places to people go. To see, people to people see. To right. <laughs> they need to. COVID just needs to. Ah, COVID. But you know, I. I, I will say. I will say this. That when I started this whole we create music TV thing, and I was doing interviews here in this, you know, studio, what I call studio here in my house. Uh, and I had people coming over face to face and we would, I was doing them all right here. And then COVID hit. And I was like, man, what, what am I going to do? Like, I love the face to face interaction. I love me sitting here with another person, dapping it up, laughing, you know, and I, it, it, it hit me for a second ago. Mm, what I want to do? Do I really want to go online and do this online? Mm, and I actually was apprehensive about it at first, to tell you the truth. I was like, I don't know. I like the, the face-to-face thing. But I said, you know what? Yeah. I can reach a whole lot more people if I do this, if I do this online. And so I had That's to shift. Fine. I had to shift, mm-hmm. right? I had to, to uh, re-maneuver myself to say, okay, there's other things that I can still be doing, and this is how I'm now I'm going to do this whole We Create Music TV thing. You know, so... But- but see, shout out to you for knowing when was the proper time to shapeshift with the industry. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people will remain complacent and stay in one spot. And as they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's so right. You, shout out to you for knowing that, like, yeah, it would be dope to be able to do all of these in person. Like, I personally would love nothing more than to go down to Atlanta and sit with you and have this conversation. But we know that, like, that's not the best thing right now. Right. But to be yep. able to do this and reach even more people is just super dope, too. So shout out to you for knowing to shape shift because a lot of people yep. would have preferred to just stay comfortable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of yep. being in the industry is learning when to get real uncomfortable and the more uncomfortable you Ooh. are usually the better your result <laughs> mm-hmm. that's man you got that you got that right so so there's a there's a couple other things i want to talk about before we get out of here so so the first one is how did the, how did the partnerships with the chicago universities come about how did y'all even start that where you really got involved in offering internships internships uh, and partnering with the chicago university because i think y'all it's just mind-blowing the stuff that that y'all got going on up there between you and and matt it's just it's just amazing so how did that come about how how did y'all how did y'all start doing that how did you start doing that um so again it was just an idea that um that i had been throwing around um i really wanted to offer internships at our label but i didn't really know where to start and i kind of threw around a diff a couple of different things with matt trying to figure out like where we were going to source these interns from and what was the best way to go about doing it and uh, ironically um at the dcase event that i was just talking about i met someone from columbia college who was like, man, I'm really interested in learning more about you and your label. So we set up a meeting and he thought it would be dope to like 
create a internship opportunity between our label and Columbia College. And I thought that that was an amazing idea because it allowed me to like source different opportunities to people that I might not have even been able to reach before. Mm. And especially like giving back to like the youth of Chicago, especially those who are interested in the music scene. And at the time we had a whole bunch of stuff going on at anyway, like Matt was on tour, then we were doing the holiday cheer tour. And mm -hmm. then we also had Matt preparing for the Magnificent Mile Lights Parade, which is the third largest parade in the country. So we were doing media and press runs for that. So there was, and then we were wrapping up the album Eden that's about to come out next week. Hey. So cop that. Shane yes, cop that. March cop that. <laughs> Soon as it dropped, midnight, March 12th, you better get it. Yep, March 12th, go get the album, Eden yes. by Matt B. So we yes. were wrapping up and tying loose ends with that. So there was a ton of stuff that I needed help with anyway. So the timing of it couldn't have been more perfect. So we set up um, the course credit on Columbia College's website, and we had a whole bunch of students apply, which was shocking to me. I wasn't expecting for the response to be so overwhelming, but I was only to take one, able to take one person. And um, the intern that we had was super amazing, and I really enjoyed having her. And I wish that COVID wouldn't have happened because we planned on doing it like every semester and making it like and every semester type of thing but unfortunately covid ruined it so mm -hmm. i'm hoping that we can pick it back up once things are safer because right now if i were to give someone an internship opportunity i feel like it would be fruitful like you would be able to do things and there's plenty to do obviously mm -hmm. i'm literally swamped with stuff however like i really personally like having people like in the fray with me like mm -hmm. going on tour with me and being on set with matt on the music videos and in the sessions with matt and ask being able to ask the audio engineer questions and being able to meet all the different producers that we run into and like right. being in the mix like i feel like that's where you get the most value for mm -hmm. your for your time so I'm I'm excited to be able to start that back up again because I think it was such a fun opportunity and there are lots of different things that I would like to try. So um, yeah, if you are watching and you're a Columbia College student or a student in Chicago who's interested in music, keep an eye out because Vita Records is probably gonna be getting some internship opportunities popping with Columbia and some other Chicago colleges too. So definitely stay in tune. That's awesome. Look, see, I'm telling y'all, Y'all don't even, oh my gosh, you hear all this stuff? No wonder she's so swamped. No wonder they, no wonder that they're so swamped, but they are doing things that are positioning them for success now and also in the future. I mean, do you, listen to the amount of work that they're doing, the amount of things that are coming their way and that they're involved in. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I love. I, I love the fact y'all are go-getters and y'all work hard and Y'all don't let anything get in your way. You know, I know Matt has a has a has a uh, the whole thing to go hard thing. Like, go hard. Like, do what yeah. you got to do. Don't yeah. don't give in. Don't give up. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, also one of Matt's phrases is that R&B is not dead. I don't care it's what nobody's saying. It's, it's I'm a not. I am an R&B head. I love R&B more Man, than I love hip hop, and too. I love hip hop. But <laughs> if if I could listen to R&B all day. Man, I'm, tell me I'm about good. it. I'm good. I'm <laughs> good. I I could listen to it all all day. But man, 
Angela, it's 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 been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Uh, just one. just hearing what you guys going on and just learning more about uh, Vita Records and how y'all just really you know started in this industry and man, I, I'm just looking forward into 2022, three, four, five. But 2025, I'm not a prophet. I don't make predictions. I'm just saying. What which, which is 2021? Yep. 2025 it's, it's yeah Vita Rex is going to be the, the like the staple y'all going to go I, yeah we need to go we need to go there right oh y'all bad boy nah Def Jam nah <laughs> hey Vita Records from your lips to God's ears Vita Records yes come on yes man so 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 let me ask you what advice would you have for anybody that wants to get into this into this whole music industry thing what would you tell them do it. <laughs> Don't give it a second thought. Like if you are thinking about it and if you think that you are cut out for it and if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to put in the research and the hours that it takes in order to do this job, do it. Don't don't be your own roadblock. You know what I'm saying? Like go for it. Because for me, again, like I didn't start off even in music like that wasn't what I went to school for that wasn't my initial career path but God had other plans for me and this is my passion and this is what I love and this is what I wake up every morning and have the fire in me to go do and if you feel that same burning sensation in your chest and when you think about it it just makes you like have butterflies and you just start racing with ideas and emotions like if that is you you need to get off the couch and go play this back and take some notes and go do it. <laughs> that would be my advice. Yes. Go back and get those Angela gems that she just, Angela oh my Jim? gosh, Angela gems. <laughs> like I'm going to find it. Tell them, put your little picture right on, on them when they come down. And like, <laughs> Man, if you do that, Angela gems. you are a legend. Angela gems. And, <laughs> and then you have to do an interview with Matt. And when he drops a gem, be like, Jim? that wasn't a gem. That was an Angela gem. That's and an Angela gem. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. Bloop. Man. Oh my gosh. So tell people, how can they connect with you? Where can they find you? So I'm always around. You can find me at Angela V. Benson on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn at Angela V. Benson. And you could also visit VitaRecords.com. That's V-I-T-A-E records with an S dot com. And we have um, a little comment box at the bottom where you can reach me via email. Or you can also reach me via email on my page by clicking the um, email button on Instagram on my page. So those are like the easiest way to contact me. You can DM me. I'm not that kind of person. I don't bite. I'm nice. So if you reach out, I will respond and I do follow back. That is so awesome. So awesome. So there's one more thing I want to say before we close out. Your hair is the bomb. Oh, thank you. I was sitting there looking at it. I was like, your hair is the bomb. Like, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> it is the bomb. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, man, once again, thank you very much for tuning in to We Create Music TV. I told y'all, gems upon gems upon gems upon gems. Like you heard her heart, you heard her passion for independent artists. And if you are an independent artist, I would say go check out Vita Records and look at what they're doing. Like they have a blueprint for success. I mean, 
go Google Matt Beaton and learn about who he is and you will see that the blueprint that they've set up from the very beginning has propelled him to where he is now and to where he's going to be going in the future. So once again, kudos to Angela Benson and to Matt B for what they're doing, uh, not just in a, an America scene, but also a global scene as well. But I want to give a shout out to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in to We Create Music TV. As always, you can catch us every Thursday or every Monday and every Thursday at 7 p.m. We do live interviews here with people from all walks of life in this music uh, industry and this music business. And uh, we just provide content that is helpful, that is inspirational, that is uh, you know, just exciting to learn, to grab hold of, to help take your career to the next level. You can also check out all of our master classes that we do. Uh, we just did one for branding for music creators and also how to network effectively in the music industry. So check those out as well. You can visit us at www.wecreatemusic.tv. And I thank you for tuning in once again. Peace.